0: Hey everyone, uh, this is Rev Chris. I'm with my good friend David Ingle. Good to be with you. Burningheart.org and uh, we are coming towards the close of John's Gospel in these last kind of um, two episodes maybe Mm. left. Maybe we'll see how we get on. Um, We're just coming to the end of uh, chapter 19 and um, we're starting on chapter 19 verse 28. Um, But as we uh, begin... um, yeah, David, why don't you pray for us? Love to.
1: Uh Lord God, you, you say that where two or three are gathered together in your name, you are here in our midst also. And Chris and I are here and with, with a third, or maybe more listening as well. Um, Lord, and, and wherever we are, we pray that you'd be with us, that you'd meet with us, that you'd speak
0: with us, um, as we read your word and talk about it. Amen. 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 So verse 28 of chapter 19 later knowing that all was now completed and so that the scripture would be fulfilled jesus said i am thirsty a jar of wine vinegar was there so they soaked a sponge in it put the sponge on a stalk of the hyssop plant and lifted it to Jesus' lips when he had received the drink jesus said it is finished with that he bowed his head and gave up his spirit now it was the day of preparation and the next day was to be a special Sabbath. Because the Jews did not want the bodies left on the crosses during the Sabbath, they asked Pilate to have the legs broken and the bodies taken down. The soldiers therefore came and broke the legs of the first man who had been crucified with Jesus, and then those of the other. But when they came to Jesus, they found that he was already dead, and they did not break his legs. Instead, one of the soldiers pierced Jesus' side with a spear bringing a sudden flow of blood and water. The man who saw it has given testimony, and he knows his testimony is true. He knows that he tells the truth, and he testifies so that you may also believe. These things happen so that the scripture would be fulfilled. Not one of his bones will be broken, and as another scripture says, they will look on the one whom they have pierced. Right so we're in we we came to the end of the last Mm. chapter where in a sense jesus is handing um the authority of care his mother to john Mm. who's there um here is your son here is your mother and now here we start today with jesus completing these scriptures it's interesting i'm thirsty he says Mm. and then it is finished and he gives up his spirit powerful stuff
1: I love the, the it is finished I, I remember learning um, a, about that word in Greek it's it's tetalesti mm. is the word and apparently it's the word that people would write on a debt that had been paid so if if you owed me 50 quid mm. you'd write on a piece of paper um you know I'd, I'd give you 50 quid or we'd write on a piece of paper you know David's lent 50 quid to um, Chris we'd we'd sign it and then once you'd paid me back, Right across the piece of paper, Tetelestai. Nice. Um, it is finished. It's been paid in full. Wow. Um, so I, I, I really like that, and and I think that there's a, you know, there's a sense that Jesus is is fulfilling something, and mm. um, and this isn't just a random act. It's not just that he's died. He's he's completed his work. He's done what he came to do. Mm. And it's as he dies that he says, "I've done it. Mm. I've done it. It's been paid in full." Mm. And and you know, it is. That there's so much beauty and richness In Jesus' teaching There's so much that we, we learn about What it is to be Christian in so many different ways But it's at the cross mm. That it all comes together and, and it is finished And we are made right with God
0: Well let's think about that <laughs> Why don't we stay there for a bit You know what happened on the cross um, <laughs> It's a big question yeah. It's one that um, Every Christian In a sense needs to grapple with You know mm. what, what did Jesus do uh, why is what jesus did applicable to me um and christians have um talked about this and thought this over and um and there are different varying i suppose you would call them theories mm. but they all knuckle down in essence to jesus died for our sins yeah um but what does that mean
1: well I think it's interesting what you say they all knuckle down essentially to Jesus died for our sins. Mm. um you know at the heart of it is, um, I'm broken, sinful, and flawed, and if I'm going to be put right with God and go to heaven, I need forgiveness, and mm. that forgiveness comes through the cross and i I should always want to start by saying that's the most important thing mm. um if you know that you're a sinner you know you need to repent and receive God's forgiveness and that it's through the cross that you get it. In some ways, it doesn't matter if you completely understand how that works. I mean, in some ways, none sure. of us completely understand. Mm. I was thinking of the analogy, you know, I drove here today. I have no idea how the car works. Mm. But I know it does work, mm. and I put my trust in that. And so I get into it, and I drive here. And in some ways, I want to say to people, because I think some people get very worried that they don't understand everything. Mm it doesn't matter if you don't understand how the cross works mm. as long as you are able to believe that it does work right but i'm one of those people who then wants to sort of dig down <laughs> yeah. and 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 say well you know how does it work and um, and i think that there are there are all kinds of um images that the bible uses to help us understand what's going on what does it mean to be forgiven i've already mentioned one which is a debt mm. um you know uh the bible often talks about sin as being like a debt that's against us and on the cross jesus pays the debt um another one that is used is of being washed you know you might have heard that the, the phrase washed in the blood of the lamb mm. you know that our sins are washed clean mm. um because of jesus's death um uh, there's also um well the, 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 there's, there's all there's all kinds there's, there's the sense of, of victory that Jesus is victorious mm. over sin and over death and he defeats it here um uh, but i think i would say that that all of those there's that all of them are true all yeah. of them are are mm. from scripture but all of those there's there's sort of there's an underlying question mm. um at, which is how do they work right how does jesus dying m- mean my debts are paid um why um you know why does jesus need to die for my sins to be washed clean Mm. um why why is this a victory over sin and death you know why why couldn't god done it in some other way so why why
0: does jesus need to die to achieve that and there's a there's a term isn't there um penal substitution which uh for a long time i think generally um everyone accepted and then there was a recent kind of in the last 10 years kind of a, a pushback a little bit on what actually happened and what penal yeah. substitution looks like um and then you have people like great theologians like nt wright who's mm-hmm. able to kind of explain and hold and but mm. then the tension of is he does he believe in penal substitution or is he saying that he's not sure or is not saying that and 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 you're kind of like i've looked him up like what does he actually believe happened on the mm. cross and there are certain aspects definitely where he's like yes this is true and then there's people like uh, richard raw franciscan mm. great mind an amazing writer an amazing theologian an amazing guy and yet when i hear his stuff Of what jesus did on the cross i like i'm not sure if i i find it kind of mind-blowing his understanding of uh, in a good way or in in a bad way (laughs) in in an uncomfortable way that left to be honest left me feeling um left me feeling a a feeling of inadequacy Mm. Uh, he talked about the idols being um destroyed um, as in what it meant to be a king um, what it meant to have power what it meant to be seen I think they're all true aspects of mm. all true. as in you know the greatest you know Jesus who is God ends up dying naked alone and and, and humiliated mm. and in a sense those are the breaking of the idols of the world of money power of mm. kind of sex and fame and you know and he's breaking all of those and the sign of the cross is doing that and what you see God doing on the cross is 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 the extent of his, of his love being shown that he was willing to die for you mm. shows and in a sense illustrates that you're forgiven. Mm. But in a way, what I feel uncomfortable, and I don't know if I'm fairly representing him, but what I think he's kind of saying is that the cross was necessary to show you you're forgiven. It wasn't necessary in, sh- in, in forgiving you.
1: And sense? and it does make sense. And I mean, uh, that you say the last 10 years, I mean, I think we've been having the discussion actually for the last 100, maybe 200 years. Yeah. And and I suppose this is why I say um, on one level, all the discussions have been very helpful because mm. they highlight how many different pictures the Bible has for how mm. Jesus died for our sins. And, um, you, you know, what you've just said about Richard Roy, the things I said before, but, but all of them... I think, fall down mm. because they they don't explain how you're forgiven. They don't explain um, what it is that makes the forgiveness possible. Mm. So they're, they're all a description of forgiveness rather than an explanation of forgiveness. And, and you talk about penal substitution, and I passionately, passionately believe that that's the core and the heart of it because I've, I've read into some of these theories of the atonement mm. and and all of them seem to me scripturally mm. to be built on penal substitution so what happens in penal, so, substitution, so? penal substitution is is i suppose at its heart the the idea that there are serious consequences for our sin mm. and because of our sin we we are both guilty uh, and therefore also um deserving and libel of god's punishment god's wrath right and at the cross what jesus does is he takes our punishment mm. on himself and he dies in our place and because he dies in our place we can go three mm-hmm. and so the, i mean there is that idea of debt you know it's you know there's a debt that he's paid on, on our behalf and and fundamentally i think that people's issues around the theories of the atonement don't actually have anything to do with 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 that fundamental reality Mm. the the idea that uh that that might be in scripture i mean i think it's very clearly in scripture but i i think that their issues come from the fact that people don't like to talk about the wrath of god right they don't like to talk about the idea that because of our sin
0: Mm.
1: we are deserving and will receive god's judgment yeah Um, i think and and i I think that's the the core problem but if there is no judgment involved then none of the other theories make sense so they become very nice oh god demonstrated his love for us i mean it's a pretty awful and brutal way for god to demonstrate his love for us by coming to earth and dying you know Mm. couldn't He have just given us a hug Mm. you you know Mm. um, and and the 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 torture the execution the horror of the crucifixion Mm. is because jesus is taking on himself Mm. not just the sins of the world but the consequences the punishment the destruction the Mm. darkness Mm. of the sins of the world and and then he is drinking if you like the cup of God's wrath we talked about that in the last episode to the dregs
0: um, so so that we don't have to so okay I I agree I'm just gonna push into a critique which is the idea of what is called like I suppose someone coined it cosmic child abuse Mm. the idea that the father needs to be because the development of penal substitution I think was like Anselm was it And, and and the idea of initially they thought that in a sense that God was paying a debt to the devil because mm. the the devil was owed his dues because man had fallen, and so in some way God was buying back man from from the devil. Which basically everyone ultimately I mean,
1: that's not no, it's not what's no, happening. No. <laughs> but
0: what what it developed was that people realized no, God isn't doing that. He, he the devil is no, is no claim over anything, and God is far more powerful. God doesn't owe him anything. But then it developed into this idea that uh maybe a debt was then being paid to satisfy the father and then the idea of the criticism i think was that um why would a father insist on punishment of an innocent Hmm. as in his son is innocent um to be paid and so in a sense putting all the wrath and the pain and the punishment onto jesus the son Hmm. was in a sense an abuse of someone innocent in order for what um and but i think pushing a little bit back on that is we're starting to getting to we're starting to separate trinitarian
1: yeah
0: trinitarian kind of understanding too much and um and we use the we use terms like father and son one because god chose those but also anthropologically they make sense to us as humans and it's helpful for us mm. but as soon as we start completely dividing the trinity up and in the, in terms we we some we're in danger of the heresy of making them very yeah. different and i th- i think one underst- it, it, it it. god is himself on the cross mm. you know yeah and and it's not like he's he's punishing his son he's he's there god is there in christ jesus taking this on and in a sense it's more like a judge saying to um someone who who he loves who's convicted of something evil and wrong you've done this wrong there has to be a debt paid because Mm. even though i love you this is still a wrong thing so your 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 punishment is a you know a million pound fine but then the judge taking Mm. off his judgment seat hat and coming round and writing the guy a check for a million and going that is there you go Mm. i'll I'll pay it for you Mm. it's not that he's taking his son out of the back and putting him on the stand yeah. and saying ah you because it separates the trinity too yeah. much there's so, a
1: beautiful verse in 2 corinthians five uh, nineteen. 5 19 god was reconciling the world to himself in christ yes god's acting in christ yeah. because christ is god
0: yeah yeah so. and so i i do i i have to say that i have gone on a journey with my mm. atonement understanding um, and i do appreciate some of the arguments of of critiquing penal substitution Mm. but i ultimately can't get away i can't get away from the severity of sin the severity of Mm. of evil and the act that god chooses willingly to do which Mm. is to take it on himself and he does so in the form of his Mm. son um and that is when this this again the language of payment is difficult but that is where this um this exchange happens this this divine kind of it has to be dealt with there it you know I mean, that's the thing it's like an existential we are created beings there needs to be something done it can't just be gone oh fluffiness okay. and and in magic it away it ha- because we are people of action in a world of flesh and bone something needs to happen and i think that is what the cross is it is the moment that yeah. this thing is done is dealt and, with
1: i mean i think as as i said i think that the the problem that people have is is fundamentally not a philosophical or a theological problem with with the theory of the atonement. Mm. I mean, I I would say no, no, no. It's not Anselm who comes up with him. it. It's God. It's in Jesus. Mm. I think mm. it's written throughout Scripture. Mm. And you know, there's a particular explanation of it that might be. You know, you can say Anselm came up with it, or someone mm. later, or Luther, or whoever. But fundamentally, they're 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 bringing out what the Scriptures say. And the, the problem that people have is is the problem with the idea of the wrath of God and the judgment of God. And and fundamentally, I think that that comes down to a misunderstanding of the seriousness of sin. Mm. Um, and I suppose the question is, if we're talking about a debt, who is it a debt against? And, you know, you, you've talked about people, I think people go wrong when they say the debt needs to be paid because it's a debt against the devil It's mm. not that yeah. e- even actually, you know, God, God wants to be wrathful, but God doesn't. God longs to be compassionate. Mm. And I think your, your image of the judge is quite a good one. And mm. um, you know, when you are in court and when you are found guilty, you are subject to the wrath of the law mm. and the wrath of the judge. The judge is the one who sentences you,
0: mm.
1: but the judge does not sentence you for his own sake. Mm um you have not um that the judge is not punishing you because he wants to mm. he's punishing you because of what you have done against someone else so you know when a rapist gets sent to prison by mm. the judge um we we don't say or a murderer or a thief or mm. whatever it is we 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 don't say we might say the wrath of the judge mm-hmm. the judgment of his honor has been passed down on you but, but we don't say that, that he's doing it sort of because he wants to be wrathful. Mm. He's doing it because what that person has done to another person mm. really matters. Mm. And, and I think that, like you talked about the severity of sin, and I think that when we shy away from talking about the punishment, the wrath, whatever, of, of, of God, the judgment of God, it's because we do not truly appreciate the, the destructive power of human sin. Mm. um and how much what what i do destroys you mm. and destroys the people around me A- and it can't simply be wished away mm. because um if it's wished away then that that basically says it doesn't matter mm. you 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 know if if you if you forgive someone um you know if if the lord just says oh let's let's be compassionate to that guy who committed murder um, what we're doing is we are re-traumatizing the, the, the family of the mm. victim. We're, we're saying that their death didn't matter. That We're saying that that it has no consequences. Mm. Um, and that's terrible mm. and that's awful. And if a judge were to say, oh, I'm a really nice guy, mm. you, you just go free. I, w- I won't sentence you. Mm. We would rightly be outraged at mm. that judge. Mm. Um you, you know we 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 don't think that that's a good thing we mm. think that's an awful thing, and we want the guilty of serious things mm. to 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 be punished to bear judgment to bear wrath um and you know actually many people struggle with the idea that that wicked people will get into heaven
0: mm.
1: um you know if you say to people, "God can forgive anyone you know. John Newton, for instance, who who is is one of the great hymn writers, he wrote the hymn Amazing Grace. Everybody loves the story of John Lew- Newton because it's a story of grace and redemption. But let's actually just dig down into what happened. John Newton was a slave trader.
0: Mm.
1: He had done utterly wicked mm. and utterly reprehensible things. Mm. And it is simply not good enough mm. to just say, oh, well, now he's sorry for it, so that's fine. But what about them the, the men, women and children mm. who who he killed mm. because he was a slave trader? What about the men, women and children who he enslaved? Mm. You know, this is awful and this is reprehensible and it is not it is not good enough. Something needs to be done to atone mm. for that wickedness. Mm. And, and the Bible says that Jesus dying on the cross is so vast and so huge. Mm. The eternal son of God, the one who is perfect, the one who has done nothing wrong, the one who is the infinite creator of the, the world, the word made flesh, all the things that we believe about Jesus, that him suffering this on our behalf is so vast that it is enough to atone for mm all Everything. sins and um, and and if you i mean i've been very influenced by this and i sorry i'm waffling on mirisar wolf is a is a yale theologian who mm. wrote a book called exclusion and embrace and it, it was influenced by he was giving a talk on forgiveness um in the 90s and a, a great german theologian called jürgen Moltmann challenged mm. him in the q a afterwards and said um could you forgive uh, he used quite a rude word for Serbs. Mm. And Miroslav Wolf is a Croat. Mm. And at the time that the Serbs and the Croats were yeah. there was a civil war, and unspeakable atrocities were done by the Serbs against the, the Croats. And Miroslav Wolf said he realized the answer was no, I can't. Mm. But I know as a as a Christian and a theologian I should. So he wrote this book exploring it. And you know, if, if you do not believe in the wrath of god mm. one of the things that i would say to you is go away and read about the holocaust yeah. go and read about child abuse yeah. go and read about the evils the of the evils world. of this world and now tell me that you don't want god to do something to do massive, something about yeah. it and, and, and that's and, interesting and then, and then what then when we have a problem with wrath yeah it now becomes not a question of. I don't want God to judge wickedness because we all do. Everybody yeah. wants yeah. Hitler to, yeah. you know, to be punished. Yes, um, it becomes. I don't think what I've done mm. is deserving of punishment. Yeah, and usually that is to... a different question. Yes,
0: I think that's always the key: is you bring it back to yourself. And I, I agree. I think in um, the West we struggle more with this mm. understanding. I think in in war torn countries, yeah. people crying out to God for justice, mm. they understand wrath um, they, yeah. they want it they see it as part of you know vengeance is mine says the lord yeah. um, and, and that's uh, how that's the only way you can forgive yeah is to give it to god give cause, it to god because you know he's going to yeah. do something about it and in a sense has done something about it mm. in christ jesus
1: so i i think it is it is not for the sake of satisfying god's desire for wrath mm. or the devil's desire for wrath it, it it's too Pay the, Justice the price and and to bear the consequences on the victims. Um, there's a there's a beautiful verse in Romans when Paul talks about this, and he says, um, "He did it. Um, this is the cross mm. to demonstrate his righteousness at the present time, so as to be just." I e you know. Dealing with the consequences mm. and you know what the victims demand, mm. like the, the blood of Abel cries out mm. from the ground. God says to Cain after the first murder, and the one who justifies those who have faith in in Jesus. Mm. And Paul says in the verses before, basically before the cross, God forgave, but that that seemed appalling to the victims, mm. um, or it would seem appalling to the victims, you, you know. And it, there was a, but at the cross. God's judgment and his love come together there's a there's a beautiful hymn which talks about his wrath and his mercy meet Mm. and the cross is the ultimate act of love and the ultimate act of judgment and by it we are able to be both forgiven and the consequences of things done for us dealt with yeah can can i be can i can i be cheeky? I'm, I'm talking too much i'm no, probably yeah, not being good. very concise but i am just going to give a cheeky plug for some films i've i've made because yeah. i think as many listeners will know that's what i do i make christian teaching films mm. i've made a series called struggling with judgment right which is five uh, films six films sorry mm. exploring how god of love could also be a god of judgment and, and exploring really these questions it, it comes at the end to talk about um the cross and also questions of final judgment mm. um and i i'm really passionate about this because i think that if we if we take away um our understanding of penal substitution in some ways i don't like the the the, the, word, the title yeah. but but that that sense that at the cross jesus takes that the wrath and punishment that we deserve onto himself so that we can be forgiven if you lose that i think you you lose you're in danger of losing it all Um, because i think that um what it means to be a christian we see it right at the start in the Mm. book of acts when peter Mm. preaches is you repent and put your faith repent and believe repent and put your faith in jesus and if we downplay sin we don't repent Mm. and 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 then we're we're still left in in the mess that we've created so so i i I can understand people wanting to explore other models of the atonement i i think that they they've done a service to us and shown that there are other pictures that help us understand it but fundamentally um it's a disaster if if we wander in our faith away from jesus died in my place for my sins
0: well let me just read this from colossians this is Colossians, uh, one verses, starting verse nineteen. For God was pleased to have all His fullness dwell in Him, mm. dwell in Him, and through Him to reconcile to Himself all things, whether things on earth or things in heaven, by making peace through His blood shed on the cross. Once you were alienated from God and were enemies in your mm. minds because of your evil behavior, but now He has reconciled you by Christ's physical body, through death. To be present, to present you holy in this sight without blemish, free from accusation. Hmm. And then he says, if you continue in your faith established and firm, not moved from the hope held out in the gospel, this is the gospel that you've heard and has been proclaimed to every creature under heaven and of which I, Paul, have become a servant. Yeah, do not remove... Christ sacrifice. Do yeah. not remove yourself from what he's done for you on the cross that his blood was shed for you. Um yeah.
1: So that's that's not that's not Anselm, that that's Paul. That's and Paul. and it, I mean that is the perfect scripture to read out. It's it's beautiful.
0: Mm. And it should give you such oh such wonder and such hope. I mean the way you talked about it there, David, the the first of all you highlighting the severity of the sin but then the gloriousness of the alpha and the omega the beginning and the end one whom which all things created and all things held together the wonder of that made flesh and then willingly going to die for you mm. that is where you get to know the cross where you yes. see both the severity and evil and the corrosive and destructive nature of sin the gap it le- you know the, the, the horrendous wake of it mm. um but then you take your eyes off of that and you look at the sun the glorious one the one whose fullness of god mm. who then dies in your place for you you see the severity but then you also hopefully get turned to look at the awesomeness that god was willing to do for you mm. and therefore know that you are indeed forgiven yeah you know and if in, and if god was willing to give his only son, how much more do you know that you are loved and forgiven? Do you know what I mean? So just hold on, on that in that place. There is nothing that you you know cannot be forgiven. There's nothing that will separate you. You know that mm. bit. I you know when Paul says, "I believe that no heights, no depths, nothing, mm. no angels, no demons, nothing in all of mm. creation will separate you from the love of God." You know, and you just have to come back to the to that fact that well, if God gave his son for me, and he was willing to take all of that on. There is nothing. Yeah. That will separate me from him.
1: And it changes it. I mean, I, I have in my mind, I was listening to a podcast on the way down, which I often do. Um, and it was a, a podcast by Tim Keller. Oh, and, nice. And yeah. as many people will know, rest um, in peace. He died about two weeks ago of cancer age 72. And he Amazing, was a sort of great American pastor um, in New York and, um, who pastored he used, so many people he pastored so many people he wrote so many good books i recommend them all read any of them mm. but one of the things he used to say is the gospel changes everything yeah you know what what does it do to when you know you talked about know that you're forgiven like if you're listening to this you're probably aware that you're not perfect, yeah. but you can be forgiven. Yeah. That totally changes things. Know that you are loved, that that you are of such value that the infinite God would die for you. Yeah. You know, we live in an epidemic of people feeling worthless and, mm. and meaningless and mental health crises and things like that. This changes that because mm. it says God loves you so much that he died for you. Mm. Um. We we live in a world which has been sort of wracked by a wave of fear. Um, you know, a couple of years ago with the pandemic mm. about dying, you need not fear death because God has conquered it and He's died and risen again. It it changes everything, mm. and it changes literally everything for the better. There is no part of your life that mm. will not be better and fuller and more glorious because of what Jesus has done for you. Mm. Um, and you know we we finished last time by reflecting on what it cost him mm. but boy does it deliver for you and i
0: mm. hallelujah amen amen well he didn't stay on the cross he did not let's carry on later joseph of arimathea asked Pilate for the body of jesus now joseph was a disciple of jesus but secretly because he feared the jews With Pilate's permission, he came and took the body away. He was accompanied by Nicodemus, the man who earlier had visited Jesus at night. Nicodemus brought a mixture of myrrh and aloes, about 75 pounds. Taking Jesus' body, the two of them wrapped it with spices and strips of linen. This was in accordance with the Jewish burial customs at the place where Jesus was crucified there was a garden and in the garden a new tomb in which no one had ever been laid because it was the Jewish day of preparation and since the tomb was nearby they laid Jesus there wonderful Mm. hallelujah
1: I love the fact that Joseph and Nicodemus are both the guys who've been scared of admitting that they're disciples Jesus gets killed all the other disciples do a runner and then they're like oh this is the moment when I'm going to put my hand up and say
0: yep I believe in Jesus Yeah beautiful. Anyway. Yeah. They do it. So they wrap him in in linen and carry on. Early on the first day, chapter 20, early on the first day of the week, while it was still dark, Mary Magdalene went to the tomb and saw that the the stone had been removed from the entrance. So she came running to Simon Peter and the other disciple, the one Jesus loved, and said, they've taken our Lord out of the tomb and we don't know where they've put him so Peter and the other disciples started for the tomb both were running but the other disciple outran Peter and reached the tomb first he bent over and looked in it and the strips of linen lying there but did not go in then Simon Peter who was behind him arrived and went into the tomb he saw the strips of linen lying there as well as the burial cloth that had been around Jesus' head the cloth was folded up by itself separate from the linen finally the other disciple who had reached the tomb first also went inside he saw and believed they still do not understand from the scriptures that Jesus had to rise from the dead. Well, yeah, we always I mean, every preacher, I'm sure the the, the comedic fact that John, who's writing this gospel, points out that he was faster than Peter. <laughs> <laughs> he got there first. Um, and there's a, I, I tell you, I, I was in Paris um, a few years ago and I do not know the name of the painting, but I saw a painting and it so affected me it was of um, Peter and John running Mm. to the uh, tomb and just their faces, the expression and there's this sense of like um, painful hope in them, in that Mm. they want it to be true Mm. and they're so in pain at the same time of what's happened and Mm. they are running to see you know if christ is isn't mm. is raised if he's there and it's just just wonderful painting and um mm. uh, I, I i took a screenshot of it and used to have it as my phone <clears> on the <throat> screen for a while um but anyway i just yeah it's really interesting so mary and, and the others get there they go dark, they, they go when it's dark to anoint and cleanse him and and then they they see that it's empty and they come back. Um, and, you know the disciples probably don't know what's going on, and you know they're hoping against hope what could happen. What could, and so as soon as they hear this, they're like, "Wait, what? He's not there!" Bang! Let's go. What's happening? Mm. What's next?
1: I mean, there, there's so much in there, isn't there? Like it's like Mary. is like they they have taken the Lord out of the tomb. We don't know where they put him. So she's still she's not sort of quite understood it yet. Yeah. Um peter and john run they're thinking could this be something else and then we read the other disciple who'd reached the tomb first also went inside he saw and believed but then he immediately says but didn't understand yeah so there's that there, there's that there, as you said there, there, there's there's all kinds of um you, you you know is this just the grave robbers mm. has jesus risen from the dead what's going
0: on you know they, they don't know but as you say there's there's a hope. why are, why are his grave clothes there do you know what and, i mean like yeah why, what what and why well, did, I think the, that's why the detail about the the head wrapping yeah it was it was folded and laid aside yeah
1: i mean and i suppose i, I mean, mean that's
0: <coughs> that is someone that has remembered that after seeing yeah it. and and like that that again like come back to this john's details yeah are beautiful like this eyewitness account oh yeah we went in and i didn't want to go in at first because I was unsure, and and then you know Peter goes straight in, and then I followed, and then yeah, the linen was wrapped up, and and the headpiece it was to the side. You know, you can just hear him talking mm. about it. And I mean, I I love the fact that that's the moment he believed
1: that there's there's a real encouragement for me in this. I mean, one of the the themes that we'll come to later in in the chapter, possibly n- next time on the podcast, but later in the chapter is is that sort of thing about believing when you can't see. But I love the fact that actually John believes before he sees.
0: Mm.
1: He believes on the basis of the other evidence. He then does meet Jesus, the risen Jesus, and mm. no doubt that reinforces his belief, but he believes here first. Mm. And I suppose what makes him believe is, you know, who would who would steal a body mm. but un who who would go to the trouble, first of all, of unwrapping all the the grave clothes off mm. the body, <clears> um, <throat> neatly folding them and then putting them there. But also, and um, this is always, I've, we're doing alpha at the moment, and it's always mentioned in one of the alpha talks. That that was the only valuable thing in there, mm. Um, you know, so they, if it was a grave robber, they might have taken off all the strips, but then they'd have left the body and taken the the, the grave clay's with them. So it's obviously, it's obviously the way that that's been carefully mm. done, the way that it's been folded, and the fact that they are there and not the body mm. that that has persuaded John mm. that Jesus.
0: Mm. something else is going on
1: yeah i mean but he doesn't understand yet so does he know that jesus has risen from the dead does he think that somehow jesus has been carried up into heaven i i I don't know but he he believes he's like okay i believe in jesus and this is the moment Hmm. and then there's i mean i also love i love the women um and i think you know (laughs) they 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 need to have a a shout out you know much Mm -hmm. of the story to this point has been about how the men failed. Mm. Um, You know, the disciples ran away. Jesus disowned Jesus. There is one man who comes through, which is John. John is there still Mm. at the cross, but there's this group of women who were there at the cross. We read about them in the previous chapter and, you know, Jesus is dead. And, and, you know, we see later, um, or in one of the other resurrection appearances in, in, in Luke, the road to Emmaus, they say, you know, we had hoped we had hoped that he was the one who was going to save israel but they still love him and they're confused and they're upset and and they they come with really expensive mm. spices to show their love to our lord and yeah mary doesn't understand neither does anybody else at this point mm. other than jesus but she still loves him um and there is such beauty and glory in the love that these women show for, for our lord mm in the depths of their despair and their not understanding
0: let's carry on verse 10 then the disciples went back to their homes but mary stood outside the tomb crying as she wept she bent over to look into the tomb and saw two angels in white seated where jesus's body had been one at the head and the other at the foot they asked her, woman why are you crying they've taken my lord away she said and i don't know where they have left put him at this, she turned around and saw Jesus standing there, but she did not realize that it was Jesus. Woman, he said, why are you crying? Who is it you're looking for? Thinking it was the gardener, she said, sir, if you've carried him away, tell me where you've put him and I will, t- I will get him. Jesus said to her, Mary. She turned toward him and cried out in Aramaic, Rabbanai, which means teacher. Jesus said do not hold on to me for i have not yet returned to the father go instead to my brothers and tell them i am returning to my father and to your father to my god and your god mary magdalene went to the disciples with the news i have seen the lord and she told them that he had said these things to her i think uh, yeah this is this little this little this is starting off the most amazing kind of you know <laughs> In a sense, you know. F- imagine the first time you ever read this, you're like, "What? This is starting <laughs> off yeah. the greatest revelations that have ever been in the world." And you know, in a way, never have there and en- never have there any, en- never has there ever been um, the wrong use of sad tears. You know, she's mm-hmm. weeping, and he's like, "Why are you crying?" And it's like, you're you're crying of sadness. But what you don't Mm. know is the most wonderful, extraordinary, Mm. amazing thing that will bring joy to all of creation is happening at Mm. this very moment. And and, and never have such tears of sadness fallen in in, Mm. in kind of the wrong place, the wrong way. And Mm. I also think like here we have this amazing interaction, which I think is, is, in a way... The call of every human heart mm. So what I mean is Here is Mary She's come to the tomb Um, She's come to the tomb to see her Lord And She finds it empty She starts to be very sad She meets these angelic figures mm. Who say you know why Christ She explains to them And then Jesus is there And at first It's like there's a distance Woman mm. he says to her Although why
1: woman is not? Um, no, it doesn't have the same comment. If, if I said woman, yeah. that might feel a bit rude and distant. But you know, it's how Jesus talks to his mum. Yeah, you know, it, it, it's it's a beautiful and intimate way as well. But anyway, carry on.
0: Firstly, I mean, he's saying like, why are you crying? Why are you looking for? Who are you looking for? And in, she doesn't know who this is. Mm. Um, and then the resurrected Jesus. What does he do? He simply says her name mary and in that moment Mm. she knows she's seen she's loved and her lord is alive Mm. and i think that that is the long of every human heart to hear the whisper of god say our name Mm. to look at us and to say david or Mm. to to me chris and to be known and to be seen and to be loved um Mm. is what we long for and i think the gospel teaches us that exact thing that you are you are seen you are known and you are loved Mm. and you are forgiven through through Mm. christ and it's just this this beautiful moment in 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 this in the start of the resurrection passages in which her revelation of the raised christ is when the moment he uses her name Mm. and he does that with each of us and um my my longing and my prayer is that people would hear hear god say their name to mm. them that they would they would know that God loves them that season that they're mm. not a mistake that they're not alone nor they've ever been alone but that they're seen and they're known and they're loved and God calls them by name mm. um, yeah and i think i think it it
1: there's there's a wonderfully personal mm. part where, where in the, which Jesus does does this that this is the first it's the first resurrection appearance yeah he he appears to mary mm she's you know she's not the obvious person to appear to she's not one of the 12 she's not the leader she's not peter mm. she's not she, she's not someone who the world is particularly impressed by mm. she just loves jesus a lot mm. and jesus loves her mm. and and if you think about it like if i was You know, if you got a PR team to plan the resurrection... It wouldn't be Mary. It um, it wouldn't be Mary. It would probably be Caiaphas. It would probably be in the temple. It it would be, you, you, you know, and people often go to the resurrection appearances in order to provide evidence for the resurrection. And that is really important, and I, I love doing it. you know I mentioned alpha that's one of the things that happens in alpha and when mm. I preach evangelistically, you know I often refer to the evidence of the resurrection, and they are evidence, mm. but there's so much more than just evidence. The resurrection is not is not just a fact mm. it is a fact, but it's not just a fact it's exactly what you were just saying it it mm. Jesus then comes and meets with this lovely individual who mm. loved him mm. and he, he he calls her by name and it must have been the way he said it you know he recognizes mm. how she says mary a bit like mm. i'd recognize how my mum says david mm. and she calls him rabboni which does mean teacher but so does rabbi it's like it's almost like her way of talking mm. to him I, I i don't know enough about that but it it just it feels an intimate relationship mm. and i think the fact that the first resurrection experience is intimate mm is actually just really important. You know, so it's not yeah, as you say it, it, it's not just evidence. It, it's God whispering her name.
0: Mm. And God God Opening still whispers our name. Yeah. Mm. Mm. I think a lot of people struggle struggle with a distant God who maybe is up there somewhere. Mm. And here you see who God is. You see yeah. the intimacy of one who sees and knows you and who calls you by name. Mm. Um you are both part of the body of the world and uh, of his people but you are also uh, a son or a daughter who he sees and knows and loves Mm. and um you know that's uh, such a wonderful truth such Mm. a wonderful thing
1: it's worth it's worth meditating on as well because i think we Mm. we we gloss over it so quickly like Mm. you know you know people often say he's the most famous person you've ever met Mm most famous person I've ever met is Jesus. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and that sounds really corny and cliché, but there's something really, but it's really big in that. Like, you know, he's the mm. God Almighty and he's hanging out in the garden with Mary Magdalene. Like, you know, he, 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 it doesn't seem to compete, but it does. And and it is the truth. And that mm. that, you know, you and I can hang out with God. You know, I can hang out with Jesus every time. Every time I pray, you know, Jesus said, "Where where two or three of you had gathered together, and you know, I am there with you." Or he says earlier in John, you know, that that he'll come, that the Father and the Son will come and make their home mm. with us. You know, that, that God has made his home with me. Um, and I mean that makes prayer really exciting. I mean, I I you know, I did a prayer series and I and I filmed part of it in Buckingham Palace to make the point. You know, I I don't get into see king charles but i do get in to see king jesus and he's a whole lot better than king charles Mm -hmm. and i'm like isn't it just mind-blowing that i i Mm. mean there's nothing particularly impressive about me Mm. you know i get to hang out with the ruler of the universe
0: yeah of all (laughs) things I, i i i i i sometimes watch like documentaries or sports documentaries and i love a good one and there's one on um netflix um called The Last Dance, which is about Michael Jordan. Okay. It's great. It's a really oh, well, good documentary. <laughs> and Michael Jordan is kind of, you know, known to be um, the, if not, you know, top three of um, of him, um, uh, Michael Jordan and you know the greatest sportsman ever like mm-hmm. he was the alpha of the alphas and in, mm-hmm. in, he was the best of the best by so far but there's this wonderful story of his father um used to um look around the stadiums always watch his son playing look around the stadiums for young fans who were just like in awe um of michael and um and and bring them to see him <laughs> and so you know, and and you know these young fans in the stands who maybe who maybe were poorer in the back rows, yeah. who were children who couldn't really see, and and he'd go up to them and go, "Would you like to meet him?" And then just walk them down into the, <laughs> into the changing room to meet Michael Jordan, and they were like, "Wow!" And I just think that's that's beautiful and wonderful, yeah. and um, yeah, it gone, I was watching it, I was like, "Oh, that's interesting." You know, that kind of Christ figure, yeah. the way in which we we get to meet jesus um and we get yeah. we get brought and to the fullness of you know the throne room of grace as hebrews mm. says with boldness approach yeah. the throne of god because of jesus so um yeah it, it that is a I, that is a beautiful i mean
1: it's 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 access to the son through the father rather than the father through the son yeah. you immediately see it yeah, you? It's, yeah. that is beautiful yeah that's good i'm gonna watch that documentary just to find that place oh, it's very
0: it's very quick you'll miss it if you don't know okay. if you, you know it's just a, in passing it says it but i was like oh it's good um jesus appears to his disciples on the evening of that first day of the week when the disciples were together with the doors locked for fear of the jews jesus came and stood among them and said peace be with you after he said this he showed them his hands and sighs. the disciples were overjoyed when they saw the Lord again Jesus said peace be with you as a father has sent me so I'm sending you and with that he breathed on them and said receive the Holy Spirit if you forgive anyone his sins they are forgiven if you do not forgive them they are not forgiven mm. I, I he says it once more peace be with you um, yeah. I just want to highlight the fact that the 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 first one of the first things that Jesus says, really, um, to the disciples when they're gathered, mm. is peace. That th- yeah. that we proclaim a gospel of peace. Mm. You know, the resurrection appearances um, and and the, the the proclamation of teaching that happens in a sense is peace. Mm. Peace be with you, um, and it is. I, I, you know i love in our anglican services we have the peace mm. and you know i call it the great jumper shuffle sometimes because well, is
1: it worth explaining to people who aren't
0: Anglicans so, what the peace is well if you're not anglican i don't know why you, i'm joking you <laughs> <laughs> um so the peace comes within the middle of the service um uh and after a confession um in the in the kind of liturgical kind of structure of the service but the way i introduce it is i say christ is our peace Mm. and he has reconciled us to god in his body upon the cross we meet in his name and we share in his peace Mm. the peace of the lord be always with you and then and,
1: and then we all respond and, and, and also with you and also
0: with you and then i say let's offer one another a sign of mm. peace and i sometimes stop everyone before they just go into it because i remind them that this isn't a worldly peace i'm not saying mm. oh this isn't just a chance to say hello to yes everyone. this isn't just it is that but it is more <laughs> than that as well it is an opportunity to acknowledge that we have a divine peace given to us mm. which is a peace that surpasses understanding that we can claim as our own and live in no matter what is going on in this world because of all that christ has done that we can stand on the firm foundation that the prince of peace has died and was raised again Mm -hmm. and that we have peace with god and that peace should lead us to acknowledge the peace we should be able to live in with everyone else in the world because we are at peace with god and that that peace that acknowledge of forgiveness and um and unification with mm. the father should lead us to the to grace and peace with everyone mm. around us and so share that peace which is a divine gift and mm. and, and a and a very much a, a kind of a unique claim of christians mm. um that we have peace with god now yeah and that i can live in that peace now and i can share mm. that peace with people around me and it is it is a wonderful thing to to acknowledge that, to share that peace. Um and uh I've often been like, is there anyone here I need to mm. make sure I'm offering that peace with? You know, do I have anything in my heart against anyone here? And if I do, they're the person I'm trying to get to. Mm. I do not want to carry anything into communion or mm. so I said this once before to friends and they joked. And then they're
1: like, oh, oh, wait, I, I don't want you to come up to me and yeah, offer me. Maybe, me maybe <laughs> you're holding something against me. Yeah, yeah.
0: <laughs> yeah, yeah. But um, anyway i just i i I love that like he raised he's raised and the first you know three things he says to them is peace be with you Mm. my peace i give to you yeah you know and and have this peace and it's i think in a world in the chaotic troubled you know broken world uh the victory of christ is seen in you know beautifully in that he says Mm. you can have peace i
1: i I think that is huge Mm. i mean i've done a. A lot, I mean, I'm making some stuff on it at the moment, but done a lot of thinking about peace as well recently. Mm. And I think I've really undervalued God's mm. peace often. Mm. Um, funny enough, we, again, a liturgical element, that actually, of, of services even that aren't liturgical is often a final prayer of peace and blessing. Mm. And when I was in my old church, um, and actually I still do if I'm leading a service in my the church I go to now, I, I always pray. The peace of God which passes all understanding mm. guard your hearts mm. and, and minds and the knowledge and love of God and of his son, Jesus Christ and the blessing mm. of, of God Almighty, Father, Son and Holy Spirit be with you all. Um, and one time when I was Amen. praying that I was realizing I'm praying for everyone else to have peace, mm. but my experience of life is quite stressed and not at peace.
0: Mm.
1: And and that really got me thinking and digging down into stuff. and. Mm um on one level the first thing to realize is that it doesn't matter what i'm feeling like god's peace the peace that jesus mm. gives us here is not it is not just it's not just about feelings mm. it, it's about something deeper than it. it's about being a, a one with god but i also realize that it is you know it's meant to guard your hearts and minds as sort of paul says in philippians 4 um that that we often gloss over that and i think you know we live in a world that is not knowing peace mm. but often the church doesn't know god's peace mm. either mm. and we and we we don't really worry about the fact in fact sometimes i've felt even since i've been ordained a the priest you know almost like if i'm stressed i think this is subconscious but you know if i'm stressed that's almost a good thing because that means i'm working hard and i'm useful and i'm a value and i'm diligent and, and things like that and and actually no jesus wants me to be at peace Mm. and then and then if i am deeply rooted in jesus's peace that then as you were saying overflows into peace Mm. with other people and you know we're we're far too at ease with broken relationships with you know my my stress overflows Mm. as well Mm. and and i just i think there's something really profound in peace and as you say it it, we don't generate it ourselves. It's not like the world You know the world's like Look within yourself You know mm. you'll find You know A lot of mindfulness For instance Is all mm. about looking within yourself And looking uh, Trying to analyse And understand mm. your own thoughts It's trying to find The solutions um, Myself But it, it comes from Jesus mm. Jesus comes and says Peace be with you mm. and, and
0: yeah Yeah Peace Peace <laughs> <laughs> Peace be with you And um yeah. Why don't we um just pray for that that peace for everyone mm. that they may know it in them in their lives. So if you're listening to this and um perhaps you're doing something perhaps we're on in the background or we're in the car just take a moment um and uh, let me pray that you would know God's peace. Father, you give us a peace that surpasses understanding. And what that means is we we don't understand it, but we receive it. And I pray that we wouldn't need to understand, Lord, but that we would receive your peace. Peace with, with you, the God who made all things and has saved all things through the Son, restoring peace between the creation and the Creator. So I pray that peace to be on us, Lord. And I pray your blessing over each one. Blessing of God Almighty, the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit rest and remain upon you this day and forevermore. Amen. Amen. God bless you guys. And um, yeah, we'll, our next one will be our final podcast within John's Gospel. I look forward to it. Take care. Bye-bye. Hey guys, this is Rev Chris. Uh, Thanks again for listening. I hope you've enjoyed it and been blessed. If you'd like to support me, then you can head to my Patreon and the link is in the bio. God bless.